Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. I thought we'd started on time, but we've missed it by one minute, but we did try our absolute hardest this week. Not something we've been very good at in the past, but we wanted to start on time, but we haven't managed to do it. So never mind. I'll move on. Thanks to Luke Roper for sponsoring this match preview. The show is a match preview for Villa's, for Villa's trip to Leicester tomorrow. If you use the code TVV20, you'll get 20% off everything on the Luke Roper website. That includes sale items that are already discounted. So it's always nice to get yourself an extra discount on top of the sale. So do go and have a look at that. Some lovely gear around from Luke at the moment. I'm joined by Neil, as always, to preview the game. Neil, I don't even know. It feels like we haven't played for about three years for a start. Feels like we haven't won for about three years, which I suppose if you haven't played for three years, you wouldn't have won for three years. It feels like we haven't won for about four or five years at the moment. Then, what are you thinking ahead of this one? It's two teams. There's a kind of a there's a dichotomy between the two teams because Leicester have been playing a game every three days, uh, so they have something like seven games in twenty one days played, and there's us waiting, scratching ourselves, you know, since a four 0 last to Spurs, and and I can't figure out which way I'd like to be because yeah, Leicester drawing last minute against against Everton, losing to Newcastle. Okay, yeah, they won against PSV, but they, they've been really, you know, draw merchants up until that, you know, in, in the month of April. So I don't know who's going to be the happier. I presume it's going to be Leicester, considering they're looking into a, um, a, a Europa League semi-final against Roma in the middle of next week. But uh, I wonder, will that have uh, something to say with regards to team selection? So it will be interesting to see what way Brendan Rodgers does look at this. But two teams, I suppose, really on two different parts of, um, or two different mindsets, I think, going into this game at the weekend. Yeah, I kind of belittled the Europa Conference League. I think Brendan Rodgers actually belittled it as well earlier on in the season, but I'd kill to be playing Roma in a semi-final. That, sound, that yeah. actually sounds very, very tasty. So maybe I was wrong to belittle the Europa Conference League. But yeah, I think a bit like West Ham with the Europa League now, it kind of feels like, you know, Leicester aren't going to go down. I'm going to finish higher than ninth. 
does it really matter that much where they finish below that? Probably not. So they're probably going to throw all their eggs in the Europa Conference basket now. So it is a chance for Villa to try and win a football match away from home. We won there last season. I remember that. Ross Barkley scoring fairly, fairly late Mm -hmm. for for Villa. So that was good. But I don't know what I just don't know what I think at the moment. Part of me wants the season to end. Part of me wants us to let's try and end it on a positive note. Part of me doesn't care. It's a real strange time at the moment. I think you you've probably spoken the same as ninety percent of Aston Villa fans. You know, we don't want to go out with a whimper. Uh, there is there was talk on Twitter last night of people saying, "Oh no, we might go down." No, the Burnley one. Well, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt. I did the Who Scored podcast earlier. We were talking about the relegation picture, and I suddenly did get a little twitch. I don't think we will go down, and I'm not going to be. It would involve us losing, but it would involve us losing all our games. I think if you lose to Burnley twice which doesn't feel beyond the rounds of possibility with Villa's inconsistent. I think we need another win to be absolutely guaranteed. But, you know, we could for me, we could fall pretty low. Let's get the league table up. Let's just do some expert analysis on the league table. Here we go. I mean, it's not, it's not pretty. Oh, we've, eight points on, we've eight points on Burnley and we've, we've seven points on Everton. I mean, you, you know, do we well need, to go we down within 11 teams. games, I think. Yeah, and we, we need two teams to be worse than us. Yeah. We're, we're not going down and, and we're not losing to Burnley twice. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll stick I don't know what I'll do But I would literally be incredulous I think my nose would fall off my face If we'd asked the Burnley twice Well we, I suppose there'd be the sat where There's a better distance between us and ninth And I'm not yeah. sitting here thinking that we're going to finish ninth So I shouldn't really be sitting here thinking that we're going to finish 18th If that makes sense with the bigger, bigger points plus, difference As I say if we were to finish 18th It would involve us losing all our games That would mean we'd be on what 7 plus 4 We'd be on 11 match losing streak yeah, and I think I think Villa Park could be on fire at that stage. Did, did we even do that when we did go down? Did, did we ever lose eleven? Did we ever lose eleven in a row? I can't remember. It's incredibly difficult to do that. Even just that like side. what Newcastle are, just like what Newcastle are doing at the moment. It's incredibly difficult to do what they're doing from the position they were in. It would be incredibly difficult for us to not at least draw a game in the middle there somewhere. Yeah, let's look at the fixtures that are coming up quickly whilst we're talking about that. Yeah, surely there's got to be got to be a win in there somewhere. You'd like to. I'm earmarking Norwich against Dean Smith as one that I would be very upset if we lost. But then I, I sit back to when I was thinking about Watford at home and exactly the same thing happened and then we lost 1-0. So you, know, you can't count your chickens just yet. But yeah, if, if we lost 11 in a row, I think we'd definitely be having a new manager in the summer. And yeah. We'll go, and it'd be more than a new manager. It's so weird. Why is everything so weird? At yeah. the moment, every everything feels so so strange. I don't I don't even know how to preview a game at the moment with Villa. Like I said, the gap between the fixtures, the run that we're on, I don't know what we are at the, at the moment. I just want just want the summer to come. But you know, we were talking of who scored. This was nothing to do with me. But you asked me earlier if I'd had anything to do with their predicted lineups for Villa because you quite liked it, didn't you? Know, mm. yeah, and it's it. it's one. Well, there's there's probably a change I would make that people would laugh. At, but um, let's be serious. It's not anything to do with left back, is it? Now, by any chance, it is. I thought it might be. It is. We spoke about it before. Put Mings over left back. No, Mings, Neil, you Mings can't come on. You can lose complete credibility. You can't come on the show it's... suggesting things like that. You won't be allowed on again. I'm not having that. You can't say <laughs> but that. No, I, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, midfield five, I suppose, really, if you take in the the, the two tens, you've got McG- the who scored of McGinn, Nakamba, Louise. Uh, Ramsey and Coutinho in there and I think uh, you know I've I, I've done a bit of a study on, on Stephen Gerrard's games and, and you've mentioned it yourself a couple of times like Louise when he played in the eight road against um, against Man City was really, very really good. good very he good he was very good in, in, in that position and he played he played in another game as well that, that I think he might have played there against Norwich 
as well. And, um, you know, he played really well there because Nakamba was the linchpin and he was allowed to go forward. Ramsey also played in, has played in the 10 position previously this season. And I know people will say, well, we might be putting square pegs in round holes, but I don't know, are we, considering how uh, how much far, further forward Louise wants to get than being in the sixth position and how good Ramsey is around the box? You know, there's there's been games when Ramsey has just pulled us back into it in his own. You look at Man United, uh, he, he opens the scoring and then he pulls one back for Coutinho. You look at the Leeds game where he gets two goals because of his running when he's further forward. And do we really want him in the position he was against Arsenal, which was probably one of his poorer games, hmm. where he was almost playing as a defensive a defensive midfielder? Maybe let's see him unshackled and put further forward. Um, Stephen Gerrard went out of his way to praise him in the press conference. He actually, it was a really interesting part of the press conference. He praised the the, the Ramsey family, and that maybe good, that sport, makes good me sporting think, family, good sporting family. Yeah. Yeah, and, and of course, of course, three of them are on our books. Mm. You know, with Aaron Ramsey being on the being being out. Is he still out on loan? Is he with Cheltenham? I Cheltenham think? at loan. He's, I think he's dropped to the bench a bit more recently, but he's you know he's he's done some stuff. He's had some decent games. I think he's fell away a little bit recently, from what my memory yeah. is telling me. Yeah, but but look, it was it was interesting that he name checked him, and I think think it was probably in reference to a question. But we could see that lineup, and to be honest with you, that lineup would excite me in uh, excite me an awful lot more than when we played Leon Bailey and, and Sanson in there and just making changes for the sake of making changes sometimes looks better than it actually is. And we found that out against Wolves. We made those changes. Um, I think bringing the Camber back in, maybe pushing Luis further forward, it gives you the option. Nakamba's must start. Nakamba is must, must start too. It has yeah. to be. I mean, as, as one midfielder comes back, Nakamba, Sanson gets injured again. So we're down to the bare bones in midfield. We can only ever have four central midfielders fit or senior central midfielders fit at one time, it seems. I'm going to, we play the rumour mill. We try and get one started, see does it get picked up or give me sport or something like that. Well, we? I said something on The Athletic on Wednesday and then I saw it got written up into a bit, into an article or something I said, but taking it a little bit out of context. <laughs> well, there's, some key, <laughs> there's some key emissions to what I actually did say. It was quite funny. It made me laugh. Luckily, I don't think anyone raised that stuff, so I think we're okay. <laughs> That's why I said it. But... Um... Uh, maybe, maybe the Gerard and and Johan Lange and Christian Persler were out there to flog Sanson back to Marseille. Maybe it was nothing to do with Bubakar Kamara or mm. any of those guys as it was. But maybe, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up back in France. It's just not working out for him. We're not saying he's a bad player or anything. Just can't stay fit for Premier League football. Whatever it is, he just can't stay fit. Yeah. Actually, actually, did he, did Stephen Gerrard didn't even say today that he it was an injury. Was the reason that he was out. He just I he saw that he was missing. Guys were injured. He said something about him missing. He was missing though. Ill. Mm. I can't remember what it was. He definitely said he was missing. Maybe. What I'm yeah. thinking is that Ramsey plays number ten, which I'm not adverse to at all. By the way, is it a bit harsh on Buendia again? Not playing, yeah. and then someone else playing there. We're playing the formation that actually accommodates Buendia and gets him in the team. Is it a little bit harsh on him? Another interesting one as well from the press conference, where he basically said neither none of the three players that we brought in to. Put it to to fill the hole by by Jack have actually exploded because of injuries and because of the stop start nature of the, of the league campaign this season, and I thought that that was telling because I don't even know why he mentioned Jack, but it was like as if he wanted to say that the three guys we brought in haven't really exploded and it's his job. I think, to get I think he's been reading that this is football pace Dan Bard <laughs> quotes by the sounds of it. <laughs> well, it's uh, that's that that's what he said. He, he mentioned that, and that's why when I saw this, it got me thinking that maybe, maybe, maybe those guys might might sit it out. Maybe he isn't going to go with Ings and Watkins up top. But uh, I suppose the only way we know is to the only way you would know for sure is to tune into the team sheet tantrums exactly. tomorrow. Um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, did we play two at front last game? 
and lost. We did, didn't we? Uh, yes. Yeah, so back, back, back to one up front, I would imagine. That seems to, seems to be the way that way that things go at the moment. If you, if you lose a game, you, you, change, you change it and go back to what, what hadn't worked the game before. I think that's what we'll probably do. What about the back? Concert keep his place? Is Chambers coming back in? What do you think will happen there? Obviously, we're discounting Tyra Mings at yeah, left back. Yeah, we're discounting completely. Tyra Mings at left back. Of course, yes, we definitely are 100%. doing that. Yeah. But um, does he come back in? Uh, does Chambers come back in? I, I think if Stephen Gerrard is going to stand over the comments he's made about making changes previously, I think he has to do something there because the mistakes we've made have been mistakes from the back. Now, I personally 100% feel like Kanza was hung out to dry against, against Spurs because of the just the absolutely abysmal midfield play that we had. It was just, it was gung-ho. It was, I agree to an all, extent. It was borderline unprofessional, some of the lack of defensive work our midfielders did uh, against that game. And that's why we had such a great 40 minutes in creating attacking uh, attacking chances. We didn't capitalise on them. We tried to do the same thing in the second half, but every time Spurs got the ball, they just went, they just pinged it into that space in front. And Konza either had to, had to follow or he had to stay. And he was damned if he didn't, he damned if he didn't. Um, but look, he, he did some silly things as well himself. Like, you know, he's not completely without blame, but it's a lot more difficult when there's, 50 yards between you and where your defensive midfielder is supposed to be, you know, and you're yeah. supposed to cover all that area in front of you. It's, it, it, for me, it can be difficult, but yeah, we haven't scored from open play for a while, have we? I'm trying to think the last time we scored from open play. Last time we scored, can't have been Southampton game, was it? Gosh, I think it was. Jeez, that feels like it was years ago. I know I keep saying everything was years ago, but that really does feel like it was a long time ago. Have we really not scored from open play since then? I'll tell you no. I mean, the producer will be looking at it for me as, as we speak. It just popped into my head that you know, it's, obviously, the last goal we scored was a penalty. Oh, that's um, goal. No, it was did Leeds, we score against? We scored against. We scored, did we score against West Ham? We scored, scored against West, West Ham. We did. Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey scored in the last in the last couple of moments. Still, West you know, that's a while ago. It's three I games. It, I three games. Well, yeah, that's still you know, that's a bit worrying. I would say. Yeah, it's not great. So then, yeah, I would say to that, do you want to be taking Danny Ings out when you're not scoring goals? Because he feels to me like the most likely person to pop up with the goal. Oh, well, you would have thought that before the Spurs game, but he had some, he had a couple of that decent chances. That you know true. that that ball, like I completely forgotten about it. I, mean, I watched watch back the highlights again when Coutinho, Coutinho lifted the ball over over the the wall, and Danny Ings fresh air shots it. That to me, it just summed up Danny Ings where he is at the moment. Like two years ago, Danny Ings bangs that in the back of the net for Southampton, and then probably goes on to score another two and rescue the day. But he's very low on confidence at the moment. So what do you do with a player there? And that's why man management is the hardest part of football management. You can come up with tactics all you want, but when you've got a striker like that that costs you 30 million, that's low on, on, on morale, you know, you even see it with the likes of Lukaku. Tuchel can't get to Lukaku firing, you know. It's Awful, difficult to pull Awful. someone. He was really bad. He was just, he would have been better off putting a bale of hay up there or something. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. I'd love to know what he's going to do with him because... He has since Jared's come in, Ings hasn't been a mainstay in the team by any by any manner of of uh, of uh, by any manner or means, should I say? Like he's come off the bench, and I think that's more so to do with the fact that um, Jared favors Watkins up there, and and Ings knows that you know he's going to have to feed off the scraps when, they, when we play two nines. But then when we played two nines against Spurs. He had his chances, and he didn't put him in the back of the net. So we'll be really interesting to see what way Jared goes. Yeah, let, me uh, apologize. let me apologize on behalf of producer Adam there. He decided it would be, let's leave it on the screen as long as possible so we can all be reminded how long it's been since Villa scored a goal from open black. I tell you, he didn't mean to do that, but he was sat there for a long time. So thanks very much and apologies from Adam. 
Leicester then, we don't really know what they're going to do team selection-wise because of the Europa Conference. But they've got a couple of players who feel on decent form at the moment. I know their form has been patchy, but to me it feels less patchy than it has been previously. And now they're coming up against us, which makes complete sense. But Jewsbury Hall, he's been, he's been very good in there, hasn't he? Very good race. just a tidy player. It. Scored his first goal the other week. Looks neat and tidy. Fans like him. Madison, if he plays, he's, he's always going to be a danger. Set pieces and the like, striking the ball from range, manipulating the ball. Yes, they've got some dangerous players. Luckily, Jamie Vardy, I don't think he's available to play against us. So that's a good thing because he's had some good days against us. But it also feels like they've been less easy to get at defensively recently. Fafana's come back in after missing the whole season. Evans has reappeared recently. You'd expect the set piece goals that they were conceding to dry up a little bit now that those two are back in there. Just I don't feel good going into this one now. Once again, if, like Fafana and Evans, if they do, if they if they're the two to play, Evans is getting up there in years, and Fafana is obviously coming back off a bad leg break. Do they risk them against Villa when this really shouldn't really be there? Like Leicester should be going on out, out to win the Europa Conference. They really should. And and if uh, Brendan Rodgers, if you're watching this, please go all out to win the Europa Conference because, uh, you know, play Sion Chu and play Amarty in, in, as the two centre-halves. And uh, uh, I think we'd be all happy if that team was was named because uh, the, the defensive areas, they've had a lot of injuries. I think they could change things up in there. I think that there could be um, rotation in there. It's mad. They went from having no fullbacks to now having an unbelievable stable of fullback. Yeah, Castagna, Ju- uh, what's his name? Justin. Uh, James Justin. Pereira. Um, Pereira. Yeah, Luke Thomas. I'm a huge Luke Thomas fan. Huge, huge Luke Thomas fan. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And he's a guy, like, that's why, you know, I often do talk about the left-back position and I'm going to stop because, look, Ashley Young is what we have for the rest of the season. That's fine. I hope he goes away and is our player of the season because of the last seven games. Um, But, Luke Thomas came in in that situation in the same kind of vein as a Ben Crescene or Crescene. I, I never know how to Crescene, pronounce his name. I think is. Crescene, is it? Mm-hmm. He came in. I'm so confident on flourished. that. I'm not 100% sure. I think it is the. <laughs> I was like this. Mm-hmm. Like I knew exactly <laughs> yeah. what I was talking about. I think it's Crescene. <laughs> we'd have to message uh, Michelle Owens or, or Jack Woodward or someone yeah. like that and see who see what the present uh, see what the pronunciation is. But but what I'm saying is that Luke Thomas came in in a pinch. There was no one else came in at left back and he's just gone from strength to strength now. And uh, you know, it's, it, to the point of view that I'd say Leicester will probably get rid of one of their fullbacks in the off season. Like they've got Ryan Bertrand there, they've got Castagna, oh, yeah. Ryan Bertrand, Luke Thomas. You know, that's their three left backs that would uh, would get into our team. Probably even if Dina was here, you know, they'd have a good shot at it, you know. So um can we get that comment back they, up? They've recruited Sorry. well. As well, Adam, if, if possible. But I think it was I thought it was an interesting comment from Dave David Walsh. There, the last four games were made up of tough opposition. I need to remind myself of that and how we battered Spurs for 30 minutes and should have gone three one. Also, Leicester are a beatable team. Agree with the last point. Yes, agree with that we battered Spurs. Yes, some difficult games in there. But I think we made them a lot more difficult than they needed to be now would be what my retaliation to that would be. Wolves, I think we of should... that Wolves game. Jeez, did we make that hard for ourselves? We couldn't we couldn't get out of second gear after the after the first 20 minutes. We were so bad. Uh, West Ham, we should have beaten West Ham. I think they were really buoyed by the Armalenko goal. Like we looked in charge of the West Ham game. I thought if anyone was going to win, we would. And then Yarmolenko comes up and was given space in the box. And it was very difficult to come back from that. Specifically when they had people like Mikel Antonio went off injured and and, and like there. 
Um, you thought that we were after getting the upper hand and it would be a case of oh, worst case scenario, we get a draw to this, but I think we could snatch one. And I never thought in the world that we would lose 2-1 that game. Um, the Wolves game, I was confident going into it. Like you said, they were missing Ruben Neves. They weren't going to have Jimenez, but they did a number of us in the first 20, 25 minutes and we looked scared after that. Um, I still look at that as we did a number on ourselves. I honestly still think that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So... I get that. I think there's some, there's some valid points in there, but I would say Villa make life difficult for themselves, and that's the problem with Villa at the moment. Leicester are a beatable team. If we start games the way that we've been starting recently, the amount of early goals we've conceded in recent games is frightening, and you're just creating yourself an uphill task from the off. You can say it early every game. You're going to find it very difficult to pick up three points now. Mm. And Leicester have won one in six. Like, we've lost, what, six and nine? I think, uh, I think I read somewhere today, Leicester have only won one in six, but what they've been doing is they've been drawing. They've been drawing. And we can't do that. That's not, not, in our, not in our mentality, not in our ethos. No, it isn't. No. For mm. sure. But then they've been conceding last minute last minute equalizers, last minute winners, stuff like that. Like there was a joke I read somewhere whereby they were saying that it's going to be one all, but Villa will definitely, whatever the score is going to be, Villa will score in the last minute. Um, but I'm not as confident as that. Um, nah, I've tied that offered that now absolutely snap your hand off for it I, I would Leicester I think I've got a couple of issues in midfield as well I think indeed he's been missing for a while Samara there's some physicality missing in Leicester's midfield so if we get something like back what our first choice midfield is then because look I've never been Nakamba's biggest fan I'm not going to sit here and say he's the saviour and he's the answer to everything but I think for what we're trying to do at the moment I think he's the best option in the base of the midfield I'm clinging on to when Gerard first came in when Nakamba was in that midfield position we were better. We won games against these kind of teams. And we have already beaten Leicester this season. They're the only team we've come from behind to win to win against as well, which is quite, which again, it's a stupid stat that we're, it's all kinds of these stupid things against us that we can't seem to get past. But that's another one. Now, if you don't, if you don't win games from behind it and you concede in early, yeah, like I say, you aren't getting three points. And, and and I did a bit of analysis on Stephen Jarrett. And yes, I'm going, I'm going to plug a podcast I did in my own channel. Oh, go nuts now. Um, like it's 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 complete, like it's indefensible the difference in the setup uh, between when when um Nakamba was here and when Nakamba isn't here. It's just it's as plain as the nose on your face. It's it's amazing. It's like it's Nakamba sat back in between in between the two center halves and almost played as a third center half and gave us so much leeway to go forward. And then when you see the positioning of like we just don't play with a defensive midfield now. I, I've come to the conclusion that we play with three eights and no number six at the moment because when you look at the average position positions, it's but then no one does the job that, of an eight. You got three eights and no one's doing the job of an eight in there. I would this say this is it. And and that's what that's why I'm saying that like you know there's it it can, I, I've come to the conclusion that there is even blame. Like a lot of people are saying the tactics are a disgrace. Stephen Gerrard's just a new Tim Sherwood. That's cool. Mm. I, I'm not here to I'm not here to convince anybody what what way to think about Stephen Gerrard, but. When I've looked back at all the games and um, and you look at the, the average positional maps, either Stephen Gerrard is telling uh, our midfield to play higher up at the press or he's telling somebody to be a six. And, that, and, and whoever it is, whether it's McGinn, whether it's Ramsey, whether it's rotational position, whatever, there, there's just a lack of communication there or something because I, can't, I, I fail to see that we would play so kamikaze in that aspect of not having um, a holding midfielder when our two fullbacks go so far forward up the field. So there must be a communication breakdown somewhere. And that's 
I don't know who that's on, whether it's on a, it's, whether it's a lack of leadership in the middle of the field or whether uh, the message isn't getting through from Stephen Gerrard. But, you know, you harken back to these post-match press conferences and, you know, I'm not here to tell you that you're right or wrong or whatever anyway, anyways, anybody is thinking. If you think you're right, you're right. I don't care really. But uh, if Stephen Gerrard says, you know, well, you know, some of the players aren't doing what we're telling them to do out in the field and he says that in the heat of the moment, I'm tending to maybe believe him at the moment, just based on what I've seen. But I'm sure yeah. that there's excuses from both sides that could be said uh, with regards to it. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting once more data comes out. Next seven games, we'll give a 20, what, 27 game sample set over the course of the season. I think at that stage, now that McCamba is back in the team, if it just reverts back to having somebody sat in there in between the two center halves, you can go, well, it looks like somebody just didn't have the positional discipline to play in that position. I, I don't know. As I say, it's all hypothetical at the moment, but the next seven games will be interesting, um, providing the canvas stays fit and we can play him in there. See did, what way Gerrard is setting up the team. Did you watch the overlap with Gary Neville and Stephen Gerrard? I think it I came did, out in yes. the last 24 hours. I mean, it wasn't as Villa heavy as I actually thought it was going to be, considering they were walking around the Villa training ground talking, but never mind. But, you know, he did kind of... I don't feel sorry for him. It's not the right phrase at all, but I can't... Kind of believed what he was saying in that he was saying, I knew it wasn't going to be up, up, up when I joined. I knew there was going to be times like this. So I kind of felt, no, like I'm feeling sorry he's not the, the right phrase, but I kind of felt like we need to, we, we need the summer. We just need the summer so you can drill in everything you want to do and get in some more players of, of your own that you want. Because every manager, it must be difficult when you haven't got your own players. It just, it just must be. I don't even think it's, it, it's that. It's, Michael Beale and Stephen Jarrett came in here and it was like we were told and it was said and it was written that it took him ages to implement what he needed to implement even at Rangers. So it's the it's the, the style of play, I think, as well as difficult to implement. I remember I was on with you guys after the Brighton game, I think it was, and we 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 had all referenced that we were seeing an awful lot of um, triangles being passed around the midfield. And it looked like that was taken on board early. And that was probably what they worked on. They said, right, we want to work on more triangles in midfield. And they were given that one thing to do and they did it. And then the next day, next day they were given another thing to do and they did it. But over an accumulation of time, when you're implementing the full playbook, I suppose, into, in, into the, onto the training field and with injuries and COVID and everything like that, people not being around the, around the, the training ground, whatever. I suppose over time you become... It's difficult to have the time to have to 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 ingratiate everything into the play. So it kind of does. Be, you would expect that at a time that it potentially could become um, uh, confused a small bit. So if you're doing it, what I'm trying to say here is, if you're trying to game plan specifically for each team throughout the course of the season, it's difficult to implement a brand new style of play. So if you're implementing small bits here and there, that's fine. Those small bits might work based on the team that you're playing. But come the summer, you should be able to implement the whole playbook and then everything should be a small bit more coherent. That's what you'd expect, but time will only tell if that's going to be the case because it didn't go to plan in his first year in Rangers either. And it mm -hmm. was only after maybe the first 18 months they really kicked into gear and then they couldn't be beaten, as we know, in the last season that they played. So one thing that he's given me hope under Gerard as well, something again that I'm, I'm clinging on to at the moment, is that I think when we've been good, We've been very good and we've done things I've not seen mm. Villa sides do for, for many a year. That's kind of keeping me going a little bit. I think at the Palace game, when I was sat in a different vantage point to normal, Palace away, so I could see and I was watching Gerard work. I could just see we were very effective and could see that the game plan was executed perfectly. When we've had those passing moves, like you talk about in certain games, you know, Southampton, you know, I think we've been very good. Even I look back at the Man City defeat this season, 
It was a it was a defeat with balls. We went 2-0 down. We didn't go under. We got ourselves back in the game. And we were the best side in that second half. And it's not easy to be the better side against Manchester City. So I think when we've been good, we've been very good. So I'm just clinging on that next season, there'll be more games like that than the ones that are bad. You Yeah, you'd have to hope so because... Because like we're not, we don't have bad players in our squad. Like I would genuinely, I would struggle to go down through our whole squad and say, "Oh, he's not, he's, you know, he's not Premier League standard." Like, we've got Premier League standard players. Some of them are top, the higher end Premier League player, I would say as well. Yeah, and that's another thing that leads me to believe that the installation of the game plan is difficult. Yes, and there's a lot of different things. Could we say should Steven Gerrard simplify it and just you know? play what he needs to play and then go gung-ho in, in, in the in the in the the offseason. And yes, that's a very, very valid point. Why isn't he why doesn't he chop and change? But I think potentially there is a chop and change without getting away from a philosophy because a philosophy is pretty important, I think, to have, you know, you don't see Mourinho completely blowing things up um, when it, with regards to his style of play when he comes into teams or you don't see he's probably a bad example, but um, you know, because no one really wants to play his his style of football anymore. But but it's it's difficult. What I'm trying to get at is difficult to come in mid-season and fully implement what you want to implement. Yeah. But I think there is a potential naivety with regards to, and that's what that's what we as fans kind of sometimes get frustrated with. It's like, well, don't blame the players if you can't play your system, tweak your system to suit the players, and then do it in the off season. And I think that's a valid argument. I think it's a valid argument for people to make. And I, you'll have no qualms if that's your your thought process. With uh, and you come to me and you talk about it, I'll agree with you 100. percent yeah, I spoke to someone not that long ago who works at the club and they would know exactly what's going on. I spoke to them and they kind of said that to me about how difficult it is to implement stuff mid-season, how they're, mm. they're trying to do the right things, but like it's not always coming across and it's not always reflected in the game. But if you have a full pre-season at it, it will be a lot better. And I walked away thinking, hmm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I buy that. Some of them, I'm just looking for positives and looking for hope. But the, the more I think about it, the more I think that does actually make sense. They've got no reason to lie to me as well. <laughs> Let, let's face it. But yeah, I, I do think there's something in that. And I do think, you know, you'll see a very different Aston Villa next season with a full pre-season under this manager with new players coming in. Hopefully players that we've bought in, in the last 12 months that haven't managed to stay fit because there's been a lot of them. Even though you didn't think of Luca Dean, we, we, we bring him in, an upgrade on what we think we've got. You just can't string a run of games together. And then you look very silly because your left-back's off doing well for Newcastle who jumped you in the league. You, know, you can't legislate for things like that. It's a, it'll be an interesting one when you mentioned. So we've had, you could, people like to call when you've got a gap week like this, they're like, say, oh, it's a mini preseason. I know we didn't, there wasn't, it wasn't a mini preseason from a conditioning point of view or whatever. And I know the players got a couple of days off to go on holidays or whatever uh, to, to, um, to recharge. But we've had our whole squad there. So what I'm saying is that players haven't been jetting off an international duty for a full week, coming back on the Thursday and trying to re-ingratiate themselves into training on a Thursday with a game on Saturday. We haven't had that over the last two weeks. So you really should, uh, um, how has done it? I do think, I do think again, that's a re- I think that's a reasonable point. I think it's a reasonable point, but uh, I suppose it just depends on what system you're trying to you're trying to bring in and how different it is to the previous one. So I, I can't look. I haven't studied one bit on Eddie Howe, but I will. I will go to my grave thinking that Newcastle United on five points when he came in, he's he's manager of the season without a shadow of a doubt. But yeah, I did. Have, I did. Have, I did. Who scored earlier? And I'm starting. I'm starting to cross my mind. Is he the manager of the season? You can't knock what he's done there. It has to be. And he's a valid. You know, it's interesting to have those debates. You know, after everything I've just said about the pre-season, you know, that do, you do come in there and think because how you know, people will say how spent money. So, you know, so did we. We bought two, three really good players in there, but did they 
Coutinho and Coutinho is really the only one that's played, and he's been mm. good. I would I would say. You know, he's my, my argument for it is that there will never be another team on five points that will go in no, and win nine games. They're, they're they're nowhere else ever again. This, this will never be done. Yeah, and they 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 are as good now as they will be this as any other team in this season. You know, and and they could go on. They could go on to win thirteen of their last fifteen games or whatever it is. And like that is ridiculous. That is a ridiculous rate. Now. Is that replicatable over the course of a 38-game season, considering we're going to have a break? Like, they don't want this season to finish at all. We'll, no. I'll judge Eddie Howe coming into next season, just like I'll really judge Steven Gerrard yeah. coming into next season as well. And I think it's fair to take to say, like, he could be a flash in the pan. We don't know. Or I'm very willing to, like, I think he should be manager of the season, so I'm not denigrating him. But I'm also not saying that Steven Gerrard is, is Tim Sherwood Mark too because uh, of the season that he's had. I think both, like... Christmas next year is when we can judge both of them and see what way they've gone, and um, because they will, we will, we will spend money and they will spend money in yeah. this transfer market. And the most worrying thing for me with Newcastle is, you know, are we going to be kind of uh, plucking from the same pot and 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 you know who's going to be the the bigger draw there? And the fact now that they are they have jumped us is we could have done without that. We could have done with them finishing seventeenth and just scraping survival, but they're on the charge up the league now, and that's not ideal for us. I guess there's the argument as well that you know Eddie Howe has made players that were already there better. You think of Joe Linton, That's, you know, yeah, revol- completely revitalised. He's be- he's become a lot better. I would would also say, I think because they were taken over, and just because that club literally was so far in the doldrums under the previous ownership, the place is galvanised. You know, we changed manager, but I don't think we were completely in the doldrums as much as as Newcastle. So I think it's been easier to get a feel good going there because they were they were finished. They were going nowhere. Yeah. We, I don't think we've had the same kind of circumstances. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. But I do think that's a valid point. It does, it does counteract a few things that, that I said about having the pre-season there because Eddie Howe has done well at Newcastle. But I've enjoyed talking to you now. It's been good. No script. We just come on, have a chat. Never really sure what's going to happen, but I think we've had a decent debate and a decent chat there about the game on Saturday. You'll, of course, be back tomorrow with the team sheet, Tantrum, Neil. You, you love doing that, don't you? you? I mean, we did discuss the team a little bit of what, what we think it might be, what we think might happen, but you'll be reacting to the team tomorrow when it's announced. So do tune in for that. We'll also be back for a post-match point in association with Purity at some point as well. Never know when it's going to be because sometimes you just don't want to do it straight after Villa have lost a game. You have to give yourself a few days to calm down and react a bit better. Don't forget the discount code for Luke Roper. TVV20 gets you 20% off everything there, including sale license, which will get you the extra 20%, as I explained earlier. Both of us not wearing Luke Roper, not doing very well at all there. Thanks ever so much for watching. Those that are going tomorrow, have a great time. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.